my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. He turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. I'm saying that you cannot say that numbers collected at the employer's place of business reflect simply the employer's policies. Those, no those numbers reflect underlying conditions in the whole society, just as numbers collected at a hospital do not show you that people are sick because they're in the hospital. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're tuning in to The Unveiled Patriot with yours truly, Travis Masterbone. And this is episode 31, titled The Midterms and Trump 2024. Quote, You should never be ashamed to admit you have been wrong. It only proves you are wiser today than yesterday. End quote. We're back. I know it's been a while again, but here I am, and I wanted to give my thoughts on the midterms. Um, in this episode, I won't be as specific in regards to the midterms across the board in the nation. I have a lot to unpack about that, but I wanted to really touch base on, you know, being deemed an election denier and going into some specifics on the ground here in Arizona. Again, I think my next episode, when I extrapolate a bit more on the national results of the midterms, I'll also dive in on the local stuff. There's a lot of tea to sip, to say the least. A lot of shenanigans. But hey, I'm just a conspiracy theorist. But I want to lay all the evidence out on the table. And today I'm going to broadly go over it once again on why I stand where I stand, and at the end, I'll give you my honest opinion about Trump running in 2024. But let's kick this bad boy off. You know, sometimes I wonder, for all those people who are non-believers and quack deemers, right, who look at me like I'm crazy, the reality is, I really want to ask you a question. Do you think that I just woke up one day and decided to be an election denier? Do you think I woke up and just said, do you think all these people out here who have concerns, do you think we all just woke up and said, we are going to stir shit up and deny, 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 and just ruin our society? Or maybe, just maybe, there was a bunch of shit that happened in 2020 and in the midterms of 2022 that is perpetuating our election concerns. Among other things, the media is a big, big problem. And the entire thing is really turning into a, a giant distrust of the government and the media as a whole. So, when people say that there was nothing that occurred whatsoever. This is the freest and fairest election of our time. There was no shit whatsoever. You know, it makes me think that these people who say this, there's three things 
and one of them has to be true, or maybe even a couple. One is you're absolutely oblivious, and you're not paying attention. I can't preach this enough in all my episodes, doing your due diligence, especially when it comes to politics. It's a lot. I don't expect everyone to do it. So I'm not knocking people for being oblivious and not paying attention. But it's when you become a quack deemer and start calling people election deniers when you lack information, you don't have all the cards on the table. You don't know the entire game. You don't know or see the whole board. And I think that's really true, especially when it comes to the details of the Arizona audit and then also the Arizona midterms this year. The second thing that you might be is purposely biased. You got your candidate. He or she won. We see the shenanigans that you're pointing out. We see some of the stuff that you could be skeptical about. And Lord knows if the shoe is on the other foot. You'd probably be just as skeptical. But you turn your head purposely because you got what you want. You got the victory. And then third one, the one that I really see the most from big time leaders such as Republicans locally as Stephen Richer and Bill Gates, Doug Ducey, Katie Hobbs, our media locally, nationally, you're corrupt and lying. If you think there is absolutely nothing, this is the freest and fairest elections of them all. The fairest of them all. It's a bunch of crap. But that's the one I'm really leaning toward more leaning towards more and more as we see these things unfold. So what are the things that has really perpetuated my concerns about the elections? It really started off with the red flags in 2020 in regards to universal mail-in ballots. I was already critical about the government. Um, Plenty of government programs and inefficiency there. What can go wrong with expanding and making it much easier to do mail-in ballots? Universal mail-in ballots. So this is a new thing all due to COVID. And your safety, it's always under the guise of your safety. And I hate to break it to you, it always is. It always will be. But this was something they were pushing so so outlandishly. It was very odd to watch Democrats and the media in particular really push this. Especially considering you had Costco and many other um, top companies, essential businesses, stay open and abide by their six-foot distance, arbitrary bullcrap, mask-wearing, jab-taking protocols and rules and guidelines, but somehow, some way, when it comes to voting, we're going to change the rules dramatically. And what's interesting is, in a free and fair democratic society, the left loves screeching about our democracy Our democracy is at stake. Democracy is on the ballot. No, you buffoons. Democracy is the ballot. But in these democratic societies, if we are going to do such a drastic change to how we vote, 
everyone, left, right, center, I don't give a shit, everyone should be on board and advocating for audits to make sure that if we're going to make such an adjustment during these troubling, rare, pandemic times, we should all be on board in transparency and making sure it was done correctly. Unfortunately, the opposite occurred. It was right off the bat. Joe Biden won. Joe Biden won. That's it. That's it. We're not even. Nope. That's it. Don't even bother. This was the freest and fairest election ever. But what about the evidence? What about the evidence? And so with that red flag during those times, Trump's response to it was, in my opinion, rational. He didn't want universal mail-in ballots because it could be uh, it could lead to potential fraud. Where's the proof, Trump? Where's the proof? It's common sense. It could lead to potential fraud and it could lead to mistakes. And a lot of mistakes were highlighted and there's always been some sort of elections shenanigans throughout our history in our own country, let alone the world. There's always been the existence of it, but it's always been kind of dismissed and brushed aside like, well, it's not enough to change the outcome of the election. In these scenarios with the swing states and the margins, I don't know. I think it's a lot closer than people really understand. Rules were broken. Statutes were broken, specifically in certain states. I've said this before in my election night episode where I just happened to have gotten it taken down and then later was flagged for it and banned, but I moved forward. Rules were changed. The same thing occurred here in the midterms. Katie Hobbs, our Secretary of State, is running for governor as a Democrat against Carrie Lake, Republican Trump-endorsed candidate. I don't know how that's not a conflict of interest. There were quite a few people um, attending the Board of Supervisors of Maricopa County when they were going to certify the election. Quickest certification ever, by the way. Give a fuck about all the people and their concerns um, but they raise concerns about uh, how is this not a conflict of interest that the secretary of state who oversees the election is running as governor. The judge is judging her own beauty pageant, her own beauty pageant as a contestant. Anyways, aside from that, this woman, Katie Hobbs, wrote the 600 page manual procedure manual. That's a lot of pages, a lot of information. If it's not flat-out incompetence and just straight-up uncertainty as a whole with all the shenanigans that occurred during the midterms, they broke their own rules. And it's just like in 2020. Rules were changed and rules were broken. This time, it wasn't under the guise of COVID. There is no more COVID. So that that leads me to the question, why do we still have these same measures in place? Let's go back to the pre-2020 bullcrap and get back on track with our elections. But no, we're going to keep ballot harvesting. We're going to keep um, drop boxes. We're going to keep early voting, extended voting, easy access to mail-in ballots, you name it. All these measures that were in the name of safety are still in place. Why? I think these are genuine concerns. And I don't think people should be deemed 
quacky or conspiracy theorists because they want to raise these issues. Go to Carrie Lake's page. Watch all the testimonials and anecdotal evidence of voter disenfranchisement. Whether it was purposeful or not, it is incompetence or fraud. Either or, it should be redone. And so in 2020, we see the same 2020 measures that we put in place under the guise of safety. We see the shenanigans, the reports of machines glitching due to personnel issues. Someone made a mistake. Oh, thousands go to Trump or thousands go to Biden instead of Trump. Interesting. Dominion machines in particular. Once again, here in Arizona and in 2020, there were problems with the machines, not tabulating. Machines that are malfunctioning here under the procedure laws or the rules that Katie Hobbs wrote, they did not follow on how to handle the machines and their checkout processes. I'm going to be completely honest. There's just so much stuff to unpack locally here that I need to make a whole other episode about the very, very specifics, but I do recommend you going and listening to my Gail Golick interviews, my most recent one. We really open up quite a bit there where you can get some information, but also take a listen at my first one with her as well, part one and part two, Gail Golick, um, going over the Arizona audit and the midterm shenanigans. But moving forward here with our evidence, the CEO, this was also a big red flag for me. There was a legislatures, I believe, in Pennsylvania that wanted the CEO to come and clear up the concerns and the questions that millions of people had in regards to the Dominion machines, right? And I say millions because people who were paying attention and voting for Trump and seeing all these shenanigans occur on the local levels, not to mention the testimonials and the hearings after the election was um, uh, leaning towards Joe Biden, there was plenty of people, thousands of people, poll watchers, observers, Dominion workers themselves, like contractors, that were highlighting red flags about the machines, about how they were being counted, about specific Dominion workers. And so this guy, the CEO, was called to go and clear all this up. A lot of concerns. Why not? Transparency. Democratic society. Let's make it clear. He did not show up. It wasn't until a couple months later where he went to Michigan and had a really scripted, not really aggressive whatsoever from the politician side in questioning this CEO and all the problems that were being um, put forth, like connecting to the Internet. Um, again, if you have Spotify or Apple, you can watch my election night 2020 episode. Uh, one of my, It's one of my first ones. I think it's episode six or seven, but I go in depth there as well. But again, if this is if this is an evidence, I don't know what is. Procedures broken, chain of custody issues, people literally shredding, manipulating, and tampering with ballots, specifically people who are poll workers, um, pipes breaking in Atlanta. That story was the weirdest one. Ended up being so minute and not such a big deal, but it was enough to kick poll watchers and the press out 
And sure enough, we see videos of people rolling in tables and taking out duffel bags and counting ballots when no one is watching. That is against the rules, but we dismiss that story altogether. Um, plenty of videos and testimonies of Republican poll watchers being treated discriminatorily and inappropriately and boarded up windows, you know, locking them outside and boarding up the windows while people are counting. These things are crazy. These are crazy things that shouldn't be happening. Even if it's so small to the point where it's like, oh, I don't know if that's going to matter, Travis. That's not really going to matter. How the fuck do you know? How the fuck do you know? You don't know. It's enough for me to be skeptical because these are the things that we caught. What about the things that we didn't catch? And then the obvious ones is the late night stop counting. And then sure enough, after all the bull crap, it's always the Democrats that just seem to make that leap, that onside kick, a possibility for victory. I have a funny feeling if the shoe was on the other foot, we would see such a different story. And the biggest one that I think is so prevalent, if we are talking no fraud across the board, none of these shenanigans existed. Honestly, the Hunter Biden suppression of the laptop, Facebook, Twitter and company, you name it, and all the pundits out there screeching, politicians, people like Sam Harris and blue checkmark brigaders, um, all of them, are they going to retract their tsunamis of statements saying that this was Russian propaganda and right wing conspiracy theories now that we know that it's true? How would that have swayed the entire election? I think the margins were close enough where it would have definitely pushed people over the edge and leaning towards Trump. No doubt. Sam Harris admitted that blatantly on his interview with Trigonometry. An October surprise. But if it's true, then that needs to be put on the table so the people, remember those three things, that number one, who are just oblivious and uninformed, they need to know the information so they can make an educated vote. If we have a democracy, this should be transparent. It doesn't matter if you're left or right. It does not matter. But none of these people are going to retract that. None of them will retract it and take a step back. But the thing they always try to fall on is all these judges who dismiss these concerns and cases. But they were all dismissed on standing. Someone show me otherwise where these cases, all this evidence was brought forth. And I only put evidence in quotes because apparently it's still not evidence for you. It's not selling you. I'm not trying to sell you, but if it's not evidence, what is? These judges didn't even look through the evidence. They dismissed it on standing. What crazy judge would have accepted that and said, hey, there's actually evidence of fraud here. That man would be, man or woman would be slandered, smeared by all angles. He would not be, he or she would not be raised up as a hero. It would be a disaster for that person, their family, and it's also life-threatening. There's no absolute proof, but at the end of the day, what judge would have had the balls to do that, to risk it? That, to me, doesn't fly. And when you're dealing with a corrupt system, I have a tough time really just accepting that as the fact, considering that there was thousands of testimonials. I listened to all of them in all the swing states. 
Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. A lot of a lot of hours. Georgia, thousands of testimonials, affidavits, meaning that these people who are testifying in these hearings are lying. They can go to jail. Everything that I just listed can go in-depth and expand out. A ton of anomalies. I do not understand how a president could get 10 million more votes than his last one, especially if Trump was such a dumpster fire and then Biden didn't even campaign. This man can't even string together a sentence. I just cannot believe that he has gotten the most votes in history. I really can't. But aside from that, back to the evidence thing, uh, a serious question to ask you. If throughout the world and history, we can agree there has been election fraud or people trying to steal elections, what is the evidence of that? Like, show me the evidence of that. Like, look up third world countries and show me the proof. An example is in Ukraine. Yanukovych. He was accused of election fraud, and apparently they found out that there was shenanigans, and they had to redo the entire election, and the pro-Russian Yanukovych lost on the redo, and Yushchenko came um, to victory. What was what occurred? How was the fraud discovered, and what exactly occurred to officially say, yes, that's fraud? And then bring that to the table and compare it to all the shenanigans that the crazy right-wing conspiracy theorists are putting on the table. Is there similarities? I'm willing to bet that there is significant similarities. And if they are not similar, then show me or tell me what exactly would be the ultimate proof for you. And something tells me the only proof would be, well, all the mainstream media outlets are saying it. All the TVs are saying it. So it must be true. That would be your only thing. Again, I think all the things that I just listed, even though I'm just scratching the surface on all that due to time. Again, watch all those videos I mentioned that I uh, released earlier, uh, my recent one and months back, even a year back. Go watch that stuff and get more details about it. Do not be of those three things I mentioned earlier. Do not be number one where you're just completely oblivious and not paying attention at all. So anyways, moving forward, Trump 2024. I noticed there was a few things about his announcement that wasn't as powerful as it was back in 2016. Announcing it in Mar-a-Lago, I think, is a sign of weakness. And it's like... Ben Shapiro's analysis. It's like him announcing it in his living room, right? He lives there. And it's really early. A lot can happen in two years. But the midterms, the problem with these high expectations, even if it was a slight benefit for Republicans, it didn't turn out the way everyone was panning it to be. There was no red tsunami or red wave, whatever uh, that measure may be. But I wanted to be a little bit more critical on those on the right who are just absolutely obliterating the midterms and obliterating Trump and turning their back on Trump. 
I wanted to make things clear. I think there was small victories, no doubt. And I think our high expectations got the best of us. People are turning their back on Trump because it seems like it wasn't a success for Trump-endorsed candidates. Everyone's pointing to Florida and DeSantis. That was a red wave. Flipping Miami's county, huge. And it's just red all over with a couple blueberries in small areas. DeSantis, we have to remember, is Trump-endorsed. He's like a mini-Trump. A bit more polished, a bit more articulate, I will admit. But Trump, no one gets the media going like Trump. And I will vote for Trump just to see the meltdown. But again, we need to wait for a few things. Is DeSantis going to run? To be completely honest, if DeSantis runs, I will see. Um, I do like DeSantis a lot, but I'm not entirely sure if he's going to pack the punch the way Trump has done and can do. I don't want to turn my back on Trump just yet because with all the election stuff and the concerns that I've mentioned from 2020 and these midterms here locally, and who knows, that could probably exist across the board. I believe Trump is still the favorite. And he definitely still has a following. And I definitely believe he can still be a great president. He was very eye-opening and surprisingly conservative. And that is why he got 10 million more votes in 2020. So I'm not going to just absolutely think... um, he needs to take a hike. He was he did a great four years considering all the bullcrap that he did had to go through. He had to go through it with the media, with the Russian collusion nonsense, and now fighting the 2020 elections at the time. I think, especially with January 6th and the stupid committee, I'm not ready to turn my back on him just yet. You know, we did take the house better than nothing. There was some interesting spotlights. Lee Zeldin in New York, even though he lost to Hochul, Kathy Hochul. Who the hell is voting for that woman? I don't know. Florida was a big success. We have to count that towards Trump. His record is like 217 and like 16 or something like that. I think the entire narrative would be flipped if Arizona went the way it should have went, if we cleaned up all these shenanigans and did a redo, something tells me the outcome would be a bit different. If Kerry Lake, Abe Hamaday, <clears throat> uh, Mark Fincham, and Blake Masters, if all these guys won, and Lord knows the main one that really sticks out and just absolutely destroys people on the right as John Fetterman in Pennsylvania winning for Senate over Dr. Oz. Again, I don't understand who is voting for this man who is literally suffering from brain issues. His debate was a disaster. I don't understand it. If there was no fraud, I am deeply concerned for our society. But if And then we got the walk-off with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. 
So if Walker wins and if Dr. Oz came through and Arizona flipped, is it really as bad as everyone's making it out to be? Especially considering Trump's record. We had Vance in uh, Ohio win, big Trumper. And even locally here, a lot of Republicans won. It's just the main four that won. Mark Kelly, Chris Mays, Adrian Fontes, and Governor-elect Katie Hobbs. I don't know. I feel like a whole different narrative would be painted here. But that's the problem with high expectations. So what do I think of Trump running in 2024? I think he could have waited a little bit longer. I don't agree with him taking shots at DeSantis. It shows insecurity. But notice how the mainstream media and the left are just absolutely trying to capitalize on this to split the party. We cannot fall for the bait, in my opinion. But if I'm being honest, if DeSantis does decide to run, I'm going to keep an eye on him. He's obviously been absolutely glorious and flawless as a governor. The one weakness would be his foreign policy. And then the other weakness would be Trump just has a huge fan base already. I don't think we should split the party over this. I don't want to go back to rhino Republican establishment figures like McCarthy and McConnell and company. I love how these people blame Trump for the trickle instead of the wave of the midterms. But who do these guys endorse? Who did these guys push for donations and who did these guys get behind and support? It's real easy to place the blame on somebody who literally endorsed hundreds of candidates. And his record is still good. And just seeing the political leverage of the opposition, we can't let the Democrats win. I think they are genuinely destroying the country. And that's just my opinion. If someone disagrees, come on board and show me otherwise. But I got plenty of evidence and reasons. Hopefully you consider it as evidence. But essentially, down the road, I could see myself voting for DeSantis if I feel like that is what's going to be best for our country in defeating Joe Biden. I personally don't think Joe Biden's going to make it coherently over the next two years, I have some. I have a funny feeling shenanigans are going to occur there, and might be Kamala Harris. But either way, it will be interesting. Politics is still fun, and there's too many reasons for me to still just not vote for Joe Biden. I'm making a huge list. When the time comes, I will make a good hour, hour and a half episode, just absolutely rattling off all my reasons on why I will not vote for this man the establishment, and that administration. Point blank, period. But that's my thoughts on it. I don't think people should jump the gun and turn their back on Trump altogether. I don't think they should approve of Trump in regards to his attacks towards DeSantis. And yes, people also like Candace Owens putting him on blast about his vaccine stance. Again, I don't agree with him there either, so I can't possibly be in a cult, right? Uh, Colts will just obey and bow by all means necessary, but I think I see some of that Obama syndrome occurring more often from the left. But here, if you actually go to fucking watch rallies when he brings up the vaccine and how glorious it is 
that he pushed it through with Operation Warp Speed. People boo him. This is Trump's arrogance in not reading the crowd, not reading the room and his voter base. I think if he cleans that up a little bit, sticks with, he always did stick with people having the choice of taking the vaccine, but bringing out Pfizer executives, that's not the way to go. And so with that being said, I am not going to turn my back on him yet. I don't think it's the right move. We will wait to see if DeSantis is going to actually go for it. If he doesn't go for it, then Trump 2024, let's go. But if DeSantis does decide to run, it will be interesting. And I'm just curious in how that will all pan out. I hope, I hope, all we can do is hope that these individuals are really here for the people and they really are going up against the establishment and thus far, when it comes to the media and these politicians on the left and rhinos, I genuinely, genuinely believe that these individuals, DeSantis, Trump, and Trumpers in office, I do believe they are up against the establishment. And that's that's what I'm here for. And that's what I can only hope for at the end of the day. But hopefully you enjoyed this brief breakdown and recap of stuff. Uh, please uh, like, share, subscribe, all that shit. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to me, Travis Masterbone, the Unveiled Patriot. And I look forward to you tuning in next time. Farewell.